You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to another Giants Flash Podcast. I'm Henry Schulman, Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. And my guest for this episode is the Giants' first-year farm director, Kyle Haynes. When I interviewed Kyle last week, he dropped the news that top prospects Elliot Ramos, Joey Bart, and Sean Jelly were moving up to AAA. You'll hear more from Kyle about these three prospects, including where they probably will start the 2020 season, and other prospects like Hunter Bishop and Marco Luciano. And we'll get to all that right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Schulman back here with Kyle Haynes, who's the director of player development for the Giants. And uh, we, we kind of use the term farm director as, as shorthand. Uh, it's really the same thing, isn't it? Or am I insulting you by calling you farm director? No, that's uh, that's exactly right. And, you know, kind of like history is always referred to it as farm director for a long time. So it's just a general baseball term. And a lot of times I just introduce it for short. That way people kind of know what I do. Okay. Well, how, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a great learning experience for me personally and just a lot of excitement. Um, I, I know uh, we're excited about building this thing and getting it to where we uh, where we need to get it to and then and then just continuing from there. And, and uh, just just a lot of personal growth on my end. Uh, uh, I feel like I've grown more this year than maybe any year in my life. And then uh, obviously the results in the field uh, in our minor leagues has been positive, too, which has made it a lot more enjoyable. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad we got that all all settled and that I didn't insult you or your profession or anything like that. Um, just to uh, give folks an idea of your background, you actually were a ball player and and you were uh, taken by the Giants uh, in a late round back in 2004, which was an interesting year uh, draft wise because that was the year the Giants purposely uh, gave away their first round pick by signing. Uh, Michael Tucker a little early so they wouldn't have to pay a first round pick. And I mean, really, I mean, the, the whole line of thinking has changed since then. The farm system, uh, definitely such an important part of the, of the Giants organization now. Uh, and you, you played uh, in the Giants system, I believe, for about five or six years, tried a little bit in, of independent ball. And you had to have had that moment uh, where you finally said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to be a major league ball player. And I, I imagine that had to hit hard when it happened. Uh, could you take us through that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, um, you know, it's just wild. Uh, I feel like it was a blessing that I joined the Giants when I did because, um, you know, it was right after uh, at the time Pac Bell was built. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I remember the old Giants, uh, so to speak, the old Indian School Park before the we remodeled it and, and, uh, you know, I remember where we were at, um, as far as trying to, uh, 
you know, basically build from the minor leagues up with probably not much of a budget to, to, to do it with. Um, uh, like you said, you know, we were probably trying to find any way we could to, to save some money that way we could try to complement Barry Bonds and try to win for the fans in San Francisco. So that was a blessing. And then, um, you know, like I, you know, like you said, I left the Giants. I played for two other organizations very briefly, the Phillies and the Indians, and then um, played some independent ball after I got hurt and tried to make a comeback. And it took me about three years to get to the point that you were talking about there where, you know, basically you just say, okay, enough's enough. And uh, I'd much rather be doing something else. And I went back to, to uh, school and I finished my degree, which not many minor league baseball players ever get a chance to do. Um, so I was very fortunate that uh, that worked out in my life at the right time. I could go back, finish my college education and uh, start the next phase of my life. And I thought about all kinds of stuff, law school and going down all these uh, roads of in the more academic world. And my heart just kept pulling me back to baseball. And then and then ultimately it led me back into uh, to doing what I love to do. And that's talk baseball, especially with minor league players. And you, uh, you were the manager of Richmond, I believe, Double A Richmond in 2017. Uh, then uh, David Bell was hired as the director of player development or farm director last year, and then you became uh, the assistant director of player development for instruction. I believe that was your title. Uh, and then uh, David, uh, he he spends one year, and then he gets uh, hired as. Uh, manager and uh, and and chief instigator of all things controversial for the Cincinnati Reds, uh, and uh, with Farhan Zaidi coming in, you you became farm director. It, it seems like quite a uh, like a head spinning rise to be. I believe you're 37 years old. Is that right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it almost seems like a whirlwind to go from where you were in 2017 to where you are now, right? Oh, it's, uh, it's been incredible. Um, you know, just hard to think just, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I didn't even know if I was going to be in baseball anymore. And, um, you know, thinking about going down different avenues and, and then I just, I determined my heart and soul is in baseball and, and I wanted to be a giant. I love the giants. Um, it's, it's where my heart and soul lies. And, um, you know, to see where I got here, I just been so lucky. Um, I had so many so many people that believed in me. Um, you know, I just kept working and you know, David Bell come in and, you know, obviously I was just hoping to keep the job I already had. I, I, I wasn't even worried about trying to move up or anything. I, I was just trying to hope that David liked the work I did as a minor league manager. And, uh, I think from our first conversation, we just hit it off so well. And he was so supportive, uh, in helping me grow as a person and, and as a leader. And, you know, he helped me a lot for a year. And, and ironically, I know he, He's developed a reputation for being a fiery manager, but um, I think anybody that knows him knows that he's, and it, most of the time, he's one of the calmest and politest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. So, um, you know, I, I think his just passion out there on the field is is something that's very evident for his players and his team. And But at the same time, I mean, I, I just felt very blessed to work under him. And then when Farhan came in, uh, I know with the Dodgers, uh, he they, they kind of went down a different path and and hired Gabe Kapler, uh, for example, which, you know, my career de- definitely doesn't match Gabe Kapler's by any means. But, um, but you know, they hired him as, a, as fairly young, right out of playing to be a farm director. And, and then uh, they've kind of went down that route before. And, um, and then from Farhan, I, I met with him and, and you know, instantly just blown away uh, how sharp he is and, and how much he cares about people and, um, and, and the organization and, and building the farm system. And, and I think we hit it off very well as well. And, uh, you know, I was happy that when we when we talked that he was uh, excited about my vision as well as his matching up 
in him giving me this role. Okay. I mean, I could talk to you uh, all day about uh, philosophy and things like that, but the listeners here are going to reach through the earphones and kill me if I st- don't start asking you about uh, players in the Giants farm system here. Uh, I guess the first question right off the bat is uh, Elliot Ramos is okay. He got hit by a pitch uh, on the uh, hand, I believe, a wrist uh, the other night uh, in a game, but I saw that uh, he was back uh, on, I believe it was uh, – Wednesday night. So he's okay. Everything good with uh, Ramos? Yeah, Ramos is doing great. Obviously, uh, I felt the same way. All the fans felt I just kind of threw up a you got to be kidding me moment there and um, um, breathed a a sigh of relief when we got the x-ray results back that said it was just a contusion. So, um, you know, very excited about that. And he's doing great. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, both he and Joey Bart sustained significant injuries that kept him out uh, weeks, not days. Um, Elliot had uh, a knee injury, and Bart, of course, he had his hand uh, wrist fractured or hand fractured by a pitch. And uh, it, it, it took each one of them a little, maybe different time to sort of get back on track, and they both have. And, and Ramos has been one of the, the California League's most dynamic players. Bart is uh, starting to you know, hit with power again. And I guess the question I get asked probably more than any other question regarding uh, anybody in your farm system is um, when are Ramos and Bart going to be promoted? They've both been um, in San Jose the whole year. I realize that the injuries probably affected the timetable. We're running out of minor league season here. Um, And does the organization, does it look like both of those guys will stay in San Jose the rest of the year? Um. Well, you picked a perfect time to ask this question. They're actually in an airplane right now flying to Richmond. So. They are. Oh, so we made we made news here. Yeah, we did. Uh, you got to you got to break the news here on on the on the podcast. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we kind of want some of these things to, uh, you know, maybe the flying squirrels to release it and some of those things. But at the same time, like I, I don't like dodging the truth. And you ask a good question, and I got a great positive answer for you and and the fans. And um, you know. Uh, you'll see Ramos and Bart, and uh, also as a bonus, uh, Sean Jelly will, was also on the same flight. Well, that was going to be the next. That was going to be the next question. Uh, who Sean Jelly, who is uh, he was a, a draft pick last year, and uh, is actually had a tremendous year uh, for San Jose and did not get hurt. Knock wood. Uh, and uh, so I guess the question now is um, now that they're on their way. Uh, what uh, kind of what was the, the the timing decision on that? I, I believe there's about I don't know three I think about up until Labor Day. So you decided that you know I guess three or three and a half weeks would do them a little bit of good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everybody's gross a little different, so uh, it matched up good where all of them kind of were ready to be promoted at the same time. Um, you know. It, I think sometimes when you look back, you forget that, you know, Bart's probably played less than 60 games in high A and even full season ball total. And, um, you know, with, with the injuries that set him back probably about a month, so to speak. And it had been great to get them there in July and August. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, it's much easier to move a guy up than it is down. So in, in a way you want them to try to defeat the league that they're in and help their team win. And I, I think they weathered some ups and downs really well, both of them, all three of them. Um, and it just, it got to the point we said, okay, now's a good time. And, um, you know, it was kind of in the middle of their road trip there. We thought it was a good time for them to move, but, um, you know, sometimes just forcing them to fly to, 
you know, Altoona, Pennsylvania, and, and then hop, <laughs> on, hop on a bus and, and bus back eight hours uh, through the hills of Pennsylvania. Um, as soon as they land after a cross-country flight, the timing wasn't good. So now uh, Richmond's returning home tomorrow. So uh, we're flying them to Richmond today. And, um, you know, uh, we, they crossed all the boxes that we wanted them to cross. And, and now it's time for another challenge in their careers. And uh, is it possible that any or all would return to San Jose for the playoffs if uh, if the Giants got in there? I, I don't anticipate that, no. Okay. Um, minor League Baseball has some pretty strict rules about trying to demote people uh, to pad a roster. So um, we would have to get their approval to be able to do that. But then also, um, you know, I, I think it'd just be important that, um, you know, that they finish up in double A and, and then we can, uh, you know, plan their next steps. Okay. Actually, it usually goes the other way. You usually move guys up for a playoff situation. I think you've done that in the past. They probably don't have any rules against that, do they? No, they're not not on upward movement. No downward movement. Um, some teams have pushed those limits before. So, so uh, you have to get exceptions to, to move people. down. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I think I, and I talked to Farhan about this earlier, uh, you know, when he got hired and uh, he, he's not necessarily a huge fan about keeping really good hitting prospects uh, in pitchers leagues for very long. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the Eastern league is a pitcher's league. I would definitely benefit Sean Jelly to, to pitch in that league. Um, so I, I guess this is kind of a look ahead question. You may not have the answer to it. Uh, but, um, in some of your informal discussions, given that, uh, these, uh, Ramos and Bart are playing or will play about uh, three, four weeks in the, um, Eastern league, uh, do you think that there's a chance that, that, that they could start the season based on what happens during, uh, the winter and, uh, during the, uh, you know, during spring training that they could actually start in AAA next year? Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out, but, um, I think right now, probably the, the mindset would be that they open the year in Richmond next year with a, with an outside chance at Sacramento. Um, the odds would probably point towards Richmond, uh, for opening day 2020. Um, but like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, the, the Arizona Fall League uh, will announce their rosters on, on August 18th, actually. So you can mark that on your calendar to look online for that. But um, we're working through those rosters right now. And, and Bart and Ramos are strong possibilities for, for maybe even that assignment. And between San Jose, this AA sample size, the Arizona Fall League, um, and uh, spring training next year, we, it will give us a really good uh, sample size to evaluate based on on those things and, and we'll take the full body work in um, pregame during the games, everything. And then, and then uh, determine their assignment for, for 2020. But I would, I would lean Richmond um, without eliminating the possibility of Sacramento. Okay. And uh, let's see if we can make more news here. You're going to have to replace those guys. Are we going to see maybe uh, uh, Seth Corey or, um, uh, you know, Jacob Hayward or Nolan, Ar- uh, Nolan Arenado, excuse me, Jonah Arenado, uh, any, any one of those guys maybe coming up to San Jose in the next couple of weeks? Um, right now we, the upward movement from, uh, Augusta to San Jose is probably not, not as much as what we're doing with Bart and Ramos and, and Jelly. Um, so Seth, uh, right now, Seth is doing everything he can to try to force us to San Jose, but he's doing so good at his development in Augusta. And realistically, you got the minor leagues, you got the major leagues. If you're in the minor leagues, you're trying to develop and, uh, if we feel like throwing Seth to San Jose is best for his development, we'll do that. Uh, but right now, everything's just his growth in Augusta has been so strong this year that um, right now we're just focusing on where is he going to grow the most. And um, he's definitely doing everything he can the last month in Augusta 
to uh, to clean up the last few things that he needs to clean up. And, and right now that team's in a playoff hunt as well. Um, and he's done a fantastic job of, of uh, now repeating some really good outings, uh, improving his command. And and we don't want to, to derail that by just throwing him to a level where, uh, you know, now he might have to feel like he needs to do more. So his changeup's developing a lot. So Sean Jelly was a big proponent that uh, he thought of going to Augusta was huge for his development of his changeup. Um, I talked to him about it, and and he talked about he said that if he went to San Jose, he probably wouldn't have uh, been able to develop it as well because he would have just tried to rely on the fastball and curveball um, against the better hitters. But his ability to stay in Augusta and work on the changeup um, kind of aided his success in San Jose. So, you know, with Seth and his command and his changeup, they're coming along so well that. Um, you know, sometimes it might be better just to leave him in Augusta and let that develop. Uh, but also, I don't want to close the door on San Jose at the end either. But but Seth's a guy that we want to err on keeping him in Augusta. Right. He's only 20 years old or something like that, right? He's 20 years old, and, I mean, he's coming on real well. Uh, maybe maybe if you could just, uh, for those who don't know very much about him, what, what his repertoire is aside from the changeup, uh, how hard he throws, what his strengths are. Yeah, anywhere from about 90 to 95, left-handed. A plus athlete recruited to be a, a member of, uh, of a Division One football team. BYU, I think, recruited him as a safety. So if that tells you his athletic ability, uh, he's left-handed, like I said. But uh, 90-95 with just an explosive fastball and a just plus, plus, plus curveball. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's reminiscent of kind of if you were to draw up a left-handed pitcher, I think this is one of the guys you draw up. Um, a good size, good athlete with, with two well above average pitches for lefty, like up to 94, 95, um, out of a plus athletic body, uh, the breaking balls, uh, fantastic. And then the changeup is coming along very nicely. Uh, if he can develop that third weapon, he, I mean, he might fly through the upper levels. So, uh, he's walked a lot of guys, but he's tough to hit. So, um, that's, what's helped him this year, kind of produce the lower ERA, even though he walks guys and, as he moves up the walks, those tend to turn into earned runs. So, um, you know, right now you don't see the runs going on the board from the walks, but um, right now he's the last month or two, he's, he's turned into a command artist all of a sudden. So it's been a good development success. I wanted to ask you about an, uh, another a pitcher and uh, uh, Logan Webb. And uh, I mean, I understand that uh, during a time you're in suspension, you can, uh, you know, you can still work out. You can still, I presume, you can still throw to hitters in uh, simulated game situations. And I'm just wondering, I mean, he's, he was a guy we thought we might be able to see at the end of this year before uh, he was uh, hit for an 80-game suspension. Uh, how far back do you think that has set his development? Um, not a lot. Um, he He's such a hard worker, um, plus competitor on the mound. And, uh, he, he, he really, he took this news, I mean, just really hard, confused. Um, uh, you know, he, he said all the right things and, and it's, it's, it's came as a shock to us, uh, everything that happened there. But, um, you know, he basically just said, this is going to be a challenge and, and I'm going to, I'm going to show everyone how great I am. And he went down to Arizona and he threw live batting practices to, uh, to rookie ball level hitters. And, he would pitch two or three innings and he just basically took that as his game of the week. And, um, he used that as an opportunity to also develop his change up more and, and some of his secondary stuff. And, uh, you know, now he's went back to uh, Richmond. He's doing fantastic. Uh, we're excited to see him. Uh, the sky's the limit. I, I know a lot of people talk about Dustin May with the Dodgers. And, and I really, I've always made the argument that, that Logan Webb's a very similar pitcher, just maybe not quite as tall. 
Um, but, um, you know, definitely I feel like Logan's very underrated. Okay. And let's, uh, the swing by to a couple of hitters. Um, Marco Luciano, I mean, what he's doing in the fall league, I'm sorry, the fall league, the summer league in Arizona at the age of 17, um, is, is just kind of remarkable. Uh, I imagine uh, that a lot of people, uh, are, are watching him, not just within the organization, but outside the organization. Um, and so, I mean, what, what can you tell me about what you've seen, uh, firsthand with Marco in that, uh, shortstop, by the way, international sign, uh, last year, uh, was the number two prospect, I believe, or number three based on, uh, various, uh, rankings. Uh, what, what have you seen firsthand with, uh, him down there? Yeah, uh, just you just don't see kids with this type of bat speed and power at 17 years old. Uh, he's very a lean, athletic build. Um, he he's his improvement at shortstop has been what stands out to me um, because uh, you know coming in he was a little rough around the edges, but he's played a fantastic shortstop, and um, that's our biggest probably area of development as far as the offensive game goes. Um, we just wanted to, to get him out there and let him play. Uh, he hadn't played much. Uh, sometimes it's easy to forget the international kids don't play high school baseball or college baseball of any type. So, you know, we're throwing him into uh, the Arizona league and, you know, he's standing next to Hunter Bishop and guys like that, where they've played, they played in the pac 12 and, you know, this poor kid didn't even get to play for a high school team. And uh, he's just, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been good. We expected it to be good. I don't think any of us expected to see what he's been doing, but uh, offensively he's just been a flat out beast. He's walking. He's driving the ball at, you know, something that people just don't do. Ten homers is, is really high for the Arizona League, and, and he's doing it as the youngest guy in the whole league. And um, it's just it's – been, it's been really exciting to see his development. Is it one of those things where he might have been promoted to Salem-Kaiser if he were older? I, yeah, I think, I think it's, that's very fair to say. If he was, you know, 20 years old or 19, then, yeah, I think uh, he would have been. But he had never played in the DSL, too, so – you know, if he would have played in the DSL all last year, then played in the AZL this year, then I think maybe that jump to Salem is a little easier to uh, to justify. Uh, I still think that at some point this year we might see him in Salem Kaiser. I don't know if we'll send him uh, through the AZL season, um, just because he, he's he's forced our hand. I I don't think we really wanted to jump him up and challenge him that much, but you know, at some point players force us to, and and he's doing everything he can to force us. And you do have an outfielder who is 19 years old, Alexander Canario, uh, who you did promote to uh, Salem Kaiser. And uh, I'm looking at his stats right here. Uh, he's uh, actually doing okay. I mean, 291 average, a 913 OPS, uh, a 10, 11, 16 extra base hits, and a 110 at bats. What what can you tell me about his development? Yeah, uh, Alexander. He's he he signed uh, a couple years ago. Played in the DSL one year, AZL last year. Um, you know, this year just started out just being looked like Barry Bonds out there playing. And uh, and then we moved into to the uh, Northwest League. And, you know, I think sometimes getting in the stadiums and being in front of people is a little bit of shock, especially the international kids. They didn't play high school football or basketball with, you know, crowds in the stands. And, and once he got past that, he's been himself again. Uh, once again, plus bat speed, plus athlete, uh, hopeful that he could, you know, stay in center field. He's got good power. Um, he's more of a little more of a free swinger than Luciano is. Uh, so you might see a little more swing and miss, but, uh, just, just a dynamic athlete with plus bat speed. And, you know, what he's doing is just, it's, it's, it's pretty special. And, you know, you, you know, not, not all of it's going to translate to double AA, a triple A or the big leagues, but when you get a, a bunch of these guys, 
you, you know, you hope that, uh, you know, you, you kind of get a couple guys that uh, can clip and click uh, and be an impact guy in the major leagues. Yeah, I think that the fans in San Francisco are ready for their Acuna or their um, uh, Soto, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on kids to come up at the age of 19 and do it. But uh, like you say, there do seem to be some some options. One uh, one guy I wanted to ask you about who is a little older, uh, Hunter uh, Bishop, uh, who, who actually uh, did, did well down in Arizona. Now, he's struggling a little bit in um, – uh, it's Salem Kaiser. And, and I'm wondering if fatigue might be a factor that that has happened before where you get a college player who goes all the way through the playoffs, uh, goes to Arizona. Then by the end of the summer, uh, he just doesn't have very much left. Uh, is that what you're seeing with him or is there, is he just the better competition? Uh, I would, I would say a little bit of fatigue. And then he also took some time off, uh, Arizona state didn't make it to the college world series or anything. So he, he had a big gap off, um, so he's just now kind of working himself back into shape and I expect him to have a good August. And I think fatigue's a little bit of it. Um, emotionally drained from the draft process can be part of it too. Um, and then just instantly thrown out, uh, Alex Baum, who was picked for one pick right after Joey Bart by the Phillies. He kind of went through something similar last year and then he's, he's, he's gotten back on a roll this year. Um, so, you know, with Hunter, it's kind of the same story. I think, uh, you know, just the emotional drain and physical drain of the season and then throwing him in, into uh, the pro season. Uh, and he's he's having good at-bats. You know, he's taking his walks, uh, so there's no major concerns there. He's an impact guy, much better runner than I think we even thought we were getting. Uh, he's he's a true center fielder. He can run it down out there and um, a plus makeup guy as well. Uh, and uh, everybody knows about the power in the bat. Right. I mean, I could ask you about a, a whole bunch of guys, but I've already kept you longer than I told you I would. So I would like to end um... – would like to end with this. Um, you know, the the, uh, the Giants uh, have not had a highly ranked draft, uh, draft uh, I'm sorry, farm system um, by Baseball America and MLB Pipeline or whatnot. Um, and, and I know you, I mean, at least for the last nine, 10 years, and, and I know that uh, internally that you guys always uh, don't always agree with some of those rankings, but, uh, but one of them, I believe, I believe it was Baseball America. I could be wrong about that, but one of them has jumped you uh, to, you know, maybe more middle of the pack in terms of the farm system. And I was just hoping for your thoughts, uh, having just, uh, you know, been back in the organization for, um, I guess this is three years now, whether you just generally have seen with some of the moves that uh, the prior administration made and some of the moves, of course, that, um, you know, that Farhan made with this year's uh, July 2nd and, and the draft, uh, you know, whether you sort of feel and sense that rise that others from the outside are suggesting that you have made. Yeah, definitely feels uh, feels like it, and I think it's it's just multiple factors. Uh, you know, we had a great draft this year. Um, that helps. Our international signings the last year or so have been huge. Um, on the player development side, what we do, our job just make every player that we get the best we can. Uh, these trades are going to help. We feel excited about some of these guys we got in trades from uh, from the teams uh, there at the deadline. Um, you know, I think we're going to continue to rise, hopefully. But in general, in player development, our job, make every player the best we possibly can. And and then, you know, we see where it goes from there. And um, I know we've we've probably vaulted a few guys up. Uh, you know, you look at Sandro Fabian, who was once a prospect, and Diego Rincones, just their improvement month by month and their plate discipline uh, is a great indicator of, of player development. Same with Sean Roby and Franklin Labor. But then also um, we've been fortunate that our, our scouting department and our in front office has given us uh, some good players via trade and and uh, through the signings uh, of both international and the draft to now kind of help that and 
and we need all the areas to, to vault us forward. It's not going to be one smoking gun. The draft can only give us so much. Player development can only give us so much. International, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to use all of those fields to try to vault us uh, to the top. All right. Well, I wish you the best uh, as you go through the, the end of this year's minor league season and into the into the fall league and then preparing for next year. I, I do appreciate you taking the time and hopefully maybe we could do this again uh, sometime in the off season so we can kind of take a look back at how the whole season went. That sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Splash podcast. We'll have more in store for you as the season continues. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is Editor-in-Chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. 